from the Third Coast International Audio Festival and Chicago Public Radio. I'm Delaney Hall, filling in for Gwen Maxi, and this is ReSound. The facts of life for teenagers, also known as The Stork Didn't Bring You. Control of Body and Mind from the Gulick Hygiene Series. Trailer Ahoy! Trees as Good Citizens. The Big Strike. An exciting story of labor dispute. ReSound is a remix of music, documentaries, found sound, sound bites, and audio ephemera that we find all over the world. Mostly, we scour the internet and the airwaves, curate the best and most interesting audio out there, and bring it to you each week on ReSound. But once a year, we like to switch it up and create something new, and we do it through our public audio challenge. This is a call to experienced producers and amateurs alike to make short audio stories that follow a few rules. People whether they want to admit it or not, really respond well to rules. Last year, our public audio challenge was a collaboration between the Third Coast Festival and the Prelinger Library, an amazing alternative archive in San Francisco that specializes in ephemeral materials. Ephemera? Ephemeral? Ephemeral. The exact definition of ephemera is tricky to pin down, but today we're going to try. We'll talk with the Third Coast Festival's artistic director, Julie Shapiro, and we'll hear some of the amazing creative work that was inspired by five books from the Prelinger Library's vast collection. We'll start with Julie, who will give us some background on the Radio Ephemera project. So why the rules, and what exactly were the rules for Radio Ephemera? Well, we found with these public audio challenges that people whether they want to admit it or not, really respond well to rules. And especially in a creative vacuum, if you have a few starting points to get you going on a project, it helps a lot. So we're basically exploring the idea of creativity through constraint. Let's get into what exactly the rules were for this particular challenge. Okay, for this challenge, there were three main rules. Stories had to be between two and a half and three minutes, so they had to be pretty short by some standards. Um, They had to include the voice of a stranger. We wanted to get beyond the monologue submission, which um, is a very tempting thing to do, especially if you're new to radio. You may just want to record your own story. But we wanted to involve the larger world in these pieces, so voice of a stranger. And then the story had to be inspired by two of five books chosen from the Prelinger Library. And what is the Prelinger Library? Well, the Prelinger Library is actually a real brick-and-mortar library. It's a building in San Francisco, and it's filled with thousands, tens of thousands of objects of printed ephemera. Okay. And that brings up a very central question in this project, which is, what is ephemera? Well, that is a good question that I don't think any of us quite knew the answer to, even after we had named this project. I certainly didn't. Sometimes I'm still (laughs) confused, actually. Um, Sort of the stated definition of ephemera is something that's transitory or something that's made but not meant to last, made for a specific reason. So with printed ephemera, we think of old maps, journals, bus tickets, um, concert flyers, anything that was created for a particular reason but isn't necessarily meant to hold meaning beyond that moment. Mm -hmm. So actually you have a couple of things that you just pulled off of your desk. I did pull off my desk, although I'm often carrying ephemera around and I think um, (laughs) 
most people do to some extent, whether they know it or not. Um, one of these things is a piece of paper that says, my spoon is too big. Now, this was just a prop from an earlier Third Coast Festival event that we had, I think, back in February of 2008. And it's just this random little statement in somebody's handwriting who I don't know in a brown magic marker. Another thing I kept came on a uh, package from a producer I met in Switzerland who um, I sent her some radio documentaries to listen to, and she sent me a thank you gift. And the customs sheet says, sweets made of chocolate. (laughs) <laughs> that's just, the description for what's in the that's package. That's what's the official description of what's inside. And I thought that that was also something that could make me smile in any dark moment. So that's been hanging around on my desk. And I guess I have a thematic ephemeral collection because the other thing I brought down that's been on my desk since last summer is this candy bar wrapper from Russia. So one definition of ephemera could be all of the clutter that kind of fills up your life that you should probably throw away, but you somehow just can't let go of. I think so. I think a lot of people get attached to ephemera, and it's often for very uh, personal reasons, maybe, that wouldn't, like, maybe none of these things would mean so much to you. But for some reason, um, I really love having them around. So the Prillinger Library is dedicated to this kind of stuff. Yeah, not so much wrappers um, and customs forms, maybe, but they have a ton of books. They have journals from the early 1900s. They have instructional manuals. They have just all sorts of things. Maybe if you were in a thrift store, you would look through a bookshelf and find similar types of materials. Or if you were behind a library looking through a dumpster, maybe. This is a lot of stuff that gets discarded. I think they actually get a lot of material from the discard bin. Um, And this is stuff that someone has deemed maybe not so meaningful or relevant anymore, but the Prelingers, Rick and Megan, who opened the library just think these are the things that tell us about our culture still. None of this material has lost its relevance to to them, and, and they find these materials culturally rich resources and invite people to come in and reuse the material, incorporate the material into their own artwork. They work with a lot of artists and students um, and invite them, throw the doors open and say, come make copies, use it however you want to, go forth and make stuff, generate new materials that continues to tell us about the culture that we live in. Right. That's sort of where we came in as collaborators in this radio ephemera project. Right. We felt like if if this material can inspire students and artists and uh, anyone who walks into the library, certainly it could inspire radio producers to think of ways of telling stories. So the Third Coast Festival approached the Prelinger Library, and happily, they agreed to collaborate with us. They chose about 20 books from the collection, which we then whittled down to five, especially picked for their ability to inspire short radio stories. The books were Control of Body and Mind by Francis Gulick Jewett, published in 1908. Try it for yourself. If you wish to be cheerful and courageous tomorrow, put the matter in charge of your neurons tonight. Trees as Good Citizens by Charles Lathrop Pack, published in 1922. Since time began, the shade tree has been the changeless and unfailing friend of the human race. Trailer Ahoy by Charles Edgar Nash, published in 1937. Within the past few years, America has become not only trailer conscious, but trailer crazy. The Facts of Life for Teenagers, otherwise known as The Stork Didn't Bring You, by Lois Pemberton, published in 1948. While we've established the physical facts of sex pretty thoroughly, the far more important emotional aspects of growing up are confronting us with the involvement of your feelings, desires, and impulses. The Big Strike, by Mike Quinn, published in 1949. 
The popular police conception of a communist was a shaggy man with a stubble beard and a foreign accent. As a consequence, their dragnet picked up every man they could lay their hands on whose suit needed pressing. So instead of just asking people to pick one book and make a radio story inspired by it, we asked people to pick two. What was the thinking behind that? Well, we we just wanted people to really be creative about this and really um, not just come up with one idea and run with it, but really play around and find a connection. And we just I think we just wanted deeper stories that weren't so easily thought of. Uh, I wanted people to spend more time on it. And and again, for some people, this would give a pathway towards a story to connect the two. We also were just curious. It was as much a curiosity on our part as, as a, an actual challenge for the producers. It was also fascinating that even though we're a documentary radio festival, our interpretation of documentary is very broad. And it seems like of the 72 submissions, we got stuff that was, you know, fact, fiction, and kind of everything in between. I think there was fantasy, there was fact, there was fiction, there was straight documentary, there was personal history. This was such a great little microcosm of how radio stories actually exist. And and it's funny, with this particular project, we especially push the word story because we want people to think of approaching the books from any starting point so they can be real or they can be totally imagined. Um, but yeah, the variety of work is always astounding. Restful Shady Places by Sean Hurley from Thornton, New Hampshire, USA. Inspired by Trailer Ahoy and Trees as Good Citizens. Description. The authors of Trailer Ahoy and Trees as Good Citizens enjoy a written correspondence relating to their book's proximity in the library. Stranger. Rick Ganley. My dear Mr. Pack, I don't know if you're alive, but I thought it was interesting that your book, Trees as Good Citizens, is kept right beside mine. In the library, kind regards, Charles Edgar Nash. Dear Mr. Nash, neither of the books adjacent to my book at the library were written by you, nor any of the ones beyond or on the shelf above or below. Not sure what's going on here. I am alive. Regards, Charles Pack. Dear Charles, my book is called Trailer Ahoy. It is about the joys of automobile house trailering. Your book is at the end of the shelf and mine is leaning against it. Good news about your not being dead. Dear Mr. Nash, I don't know what kind of library you have there, but ours uses the Dewey Decimal System. My book is about trees, not trailers, and is thus kept with other botanical and forestry books. Would you be so kind as to state the purpose of these inquiries? Dear Charles, what's a misunderstanding? I am speaking of my own library here in my room. But I should say that every library I've ever borrowed from has followed this pattern of your book next to mine. Dear Mr. Nash, not one of the 14 libraries I've polled maintains the arrangement you suggest of your book next to mine. Let us end this here and now. Dear Charles, in trees as good citizens you extol the virtues of the tree, chiefly for the shade it provides. In my book, one is made happy by laying down inside the darkness of a house trailer. I can only speculate that Mr. Dewey has a section called Restful Shady Places. Dear Nash, as you are well aware, there is no section in any library anywhere in the world devoted to restful shady places. I feel comfortable in stating that no library on the earth keeps my book against your book. 
They are nowhere, anywhere touching together, and I mean nowhere. Dear Charles, this is a little awkward. I suppose I was thinking that since our rooms here at Shady View are next to one another, that you might find it congenial to keep my book next to yours, as I do in my room. Since you are not able to get out of bed, I took the liberty of putting a copy of my book right next to yours on the bookshelf in your room. Rest assured, Charles, copies of both of our books will be set into the cool clasp of your hands before the casket door lays its tree and trailer-like shade upon you for the perpetuity. Which, my good friend, is giving me a very fine idea for a new book for our little section in the library. Restful Shady Places by Sean Hurley Inspired by Trailer Ahoy and Trees as Good Citizens Every Morning I Hear This Voice by Mikhail Nedegaard from Copenhagen, Denmark Inspired by Control of Body and Mind and The Stork Didn't Bring You Description A cultural detective searches out a singing stranger and in the process finds out how prayer affects a young man's life Stranger, the young Muslim praying, whom we eventually meet. I live in Uganda, in the heart of East Africa. Every morning, I hear this voice. The singing comes down from a mosque above my house in Kampala. And one day, I decided to walk up the hill to find out who was singing. I'm Kakande Umar. And I'm the one say the Adhan during every prayer. I meet Umar at the mosque. He's a striking young man, and it's his singing that I hear. Well, what I can say is that it's not a singing as such as you've said, but it's just these are just words that are being recited. I'm not a religious person, but I did go to church as a kid in California. Singing hymns was the only part that I truly enjoyed. So I wonder how Umar feels when he prays. The way you feel when when worshiping God. It's like you're, 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 you're in the right place and your, your mind is well rested. And so worshipping personally makes me feel at home. So the relief that you get within the mind due to, as a result of the meditation as you, as you worship is enough to relieve the body itself. Yeah, that's what you feel. From the window of the mosque, I can see curious little faces staring out at me. And I think about Umar's children and what he'll teach them about life. Bringing up a child crops up from the time of conception to the time of birth. You understand? So there are quite a number of things that you must do. The moment a child is born, you're supposed to say the adhan. You say the adhan in his right ear. Allah Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. So that's what he said in the right ear. Then in the left ear, you say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, Hayya ala salat, Hayya ala falah, Qad qamat salah, Qad qamat salah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah. That's what we say in the left ear of a child who is newly born.
So this is all about child upbringing, how you bring up someone in a good Islamic what? Islamic way. Trust me. The next time I hear the voice coming down from the mosque, I picture Umar. He's kneeling in prayer, easing his body and mind. Or maybe he's singing to his newborn to be sure that she grows up to be a good Muslim. Every morning I hear this voice by Mikhail Nedegaard, inspired by Control of Body and Mind and The Stork Didn't Bring You. You're listening to ReSound from the Third Coast International Audio Festival and Chicago Public Radio. I'm Delaney Hall, filling in for Gwen Maxi. Today, we're sampling from the results of the Radio Ephemera Public Audio Challenge, in which we asked everyone, regardless of whether they had any experience in radio or not, to submit short audio stories that followed a few rules. They had to be two and a half to three minutes long, include the voice of a stranger, and be inspired in some way by two of five books from the amazing Prelinger Library in San Francisco. Julie Shapiro, the artistic director of the Third Coast Festival, is talking with me about the project. So do you think every combination of books was represented? Oh yeah, we kept track of this, and every combination was used. So every book was paired with all of the other ones uh, throughout the project. Now there were some pairings that were clearly more popular, but uh, and I w- hate to say it, but the big strike, the, the book about uh, labor issues seemed to be the least popular hmm. choice. Uh, maybe it was seemed too serious or maybe too historical and people didn't want to think back in the past as much. So it got in there a few times, but it wasn't quite as popular as the others. And what was the most popular combination? Um, by far, the most popular combination was the facts of life for teenagers and control of body and mind. I mean, those two practically are like sibling books, really. So <laughs> right. um, it, we weren't surprised. Well, I guess we were surprised. We didn't really think it through ahead of time to wonder if there would be a most popular combination. But even within that combination, there was such a variety of stories. Oh, yeah. I mean, and and things that you, if you didn't know the books were there, you wouldn't sense there were common guiding principles in the stories at all. Birth, Birth, Rebirth by Chris Sewell from Chicago, Illinois, USA. Inspired by Control of Body and Mind and The Stork Didn't Bring You. Description. As Tom recovers from a traumatic brain injury, he and his wife welcome newborn twins in the world. Stranger, Tom, Melanie, Kylie, and Thomas. What? What? I'm Tom. Uh, The accident was, uh, I was hit broadside and they hit the uh, passenger side, thank God, and um, I rolled three times. That was in August, August 10th, so almost a year. And my babies were born February 13th, 2008. I, I can remember certain things before my accident, but I didn't feel like it was me that was doing it. It seems like I was watching somebody else. I mean, I remember um, being married, but I look at the pictures and I really didn't remember. You know, it's. It's not there. I did remember my wife, so she said that was a big relief. But uh, I think anything that was 10 or 12 years old, I can remember. So in a way, that was good that my kids were born afterwards. So in case I never did get my memory back, at least I can remember that happening. So. 
Ian and Graham? Yeah. You just saw them a couple weeks ago. We had dinner at their house. These two? Yeah. You can almost say that after Tom came home, I did have a new husband in a way, and and not a new husband like he's a completely different person, but um, little things changed. He was kind of off the charts before in some of his behavior, I guess, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but just extremely animated and just the life of the party. And now while he still, I still see that in him, it's just toned down a few notches. My brother used to say I I wore my uh, emotions on my sleeve. So either I was mad, if somebody made me mad, I'd show it. And then if somebody, um, you know, if I was happy or something, I would, you know, be excited about it. And I don't have that anymore, which I think is kind of a good thing. You know, let people think, uh, try to figure out what you're thinking, I guess. Be better in poker. I don't, I don't have ambition anymore either. It's just, it's just like a, bumping a log, you know? There's just some things that just doesn't really matter, I guess. I don't like that. I don't like saying it. But no, I was not excited about the births of my twins. Yeah, I was happy they were born and, and I wanted them and everything, but I just can't find myself getting excited about it. About anything. I think it would have been different before the accident. Everything would mean more than it does now. I mean, you can laugh and all that stuff, but does it really make you feel any better just you're you're just you're even keel i mean you're not sad or nothing but you just you know take it or leave it kind of attitude where it wasn't that way before birth birth rebirth by chris sewell inspired by control of body and mind and the stork didn't bring you Government Hold My Hand by Zachary Bale from West Lafayette, Indiana, USA. Inspired by Control of Body and Mind and The Stork Didn't Bring You. Description A satirical collision of Indiana history and standardized testing. Stranger and Cafe Patron. Madam Speaker, Mrs. President, members of the Assembly, and fellow Hoosiers, I'm here to announce a new direction for Indiana. This new path will lead us towards a place that will affect past, present, and future generations. Better people filling this great state and this glorious nation. Please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance and a moment of silence. Pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The way we get to the end of this path is through our educational system. We begin by retooling our statewide standardized tests. The I-STEP will be the first test adapted to meet our new goals. Instead of the Indiana statewide testing for educational progress, we will now use I-STEP under a different definition, Indiana sterilization testing for evolutionary progress. The I-STEP, which originally evaluated students for academic ends, will now set its sights on a traditional Hoosier goal of state-aided evolution. We want to make it clear that those students who fail the I-STEP have not only failed us, their fellow Hoosiers, but also the nation. Okay, class, I need you to fill out the first page of the I-STEP test you have before you. On there, you will be filling in bubbles for your first name, middle initial, last name, student ID, social security number, parent's first name, middle initial, last name, 
Social Security number, total gross income for both the 2006 and 2007 tax years. Included in the testing packet, there is a small pin to prick a finger of the hand you are currently not writing with. The blood should be blotted in the box in the upper right-hand corner on the first page. Indiana, leading the way with its sterilization testing for evolutionary progress, will be collaborating with other member states, along with the College Board, to modify the Scholastic Aptitude Test into the Sterilization Aptitude Test. We wish to implement our ISTEP ideals on a national scale. Good Saturday morning. I need everyone to fill out the first page of the SAT they have before them. On here, you'll need to fill out your first name, middle initial, last name, student ID, SAT ID, a social security number, parents' first name, middle initial, last name, social security number, total gross income for both the 2005, 6, and 7 tax years. Included in your testing packet, there is a small pin to prick your finger with to give a blood sample. You should prick a finger on the hand you are currently not writing with. The blood should then be blotted in the square in the lower right-hand corner of the first page. Thank you. May God bless you, Indiana, and this glorious nation. Thank you. Government Hold My Hand by Zachary Bale Inspired by Control of Body and Mind and The Stork Didn't Bring You Transgender Childhood by Tina Antolini from Northampton, Massachusetts, USA Inspired by Control of Body and Mind and The Stork Didn't Bring You. Description. Growing up isn't easy when you feel as if your mind is one gender and your body another. Stranger. Narrator from two sex ed films from the 1950s. On my street, there were two groups of people. There were the little boys and the little girls. And I was supposed to be with the little girls, but my body was supposed to be with the little boys. You know, you hear it's a cliche. I just knew I wasn't in the right body. And I kept waiting, thinking that, you know, someday I would grow the appropriate appendage. It just hadn't happened yet. And, you know, and it didn't happen, and it didn't happen, and it didn't happen. I wasn't quite sure what to call it, you know. It's because I was just way too young, and I had this body that said one thing, and this brain that said another, and this whole internal being that said another. I felt absolutely just horrified when I got my period. Growing up is fun, but some of the things Molly used to do seem a little silly now. Sometimes she gets all mixed up just thinking about it. She's changing from a child into an adult, and it's a little confusing at times. I felt like my life was just stripped, you know, like, and I just felt absolutely betrayed. Like, uh-oh, here I am, you know, here it's all happening. Well, each of us is different from the day we're born. No two people are exactly alike. Then at puberty, certain glands begin to work, and our bodies begin to change. But where are these glands? Yeah, and what's puberty? Puberty was a mess. Um, when I hit puberty, it was quite traumatic for me, even though I knew everybody gets body hair. In sixth and seventh grade, I was shaving off the body hair. <laughs> it was like, it was crazy. Um, it was a turning point in how I had to act, I guess, would be a way to put it. Because I thought somehow, at some point, my body would magically be the right one. 
almost instantly I stopped playing with the boys, which I always played with the boys growing up. There were a lot more boys in the neighborhood than girls. And I, it just, everything just changed. You know, everything just seemed like it went downhill from there. So yeah, adolescence sucked. Soon, Molly will be a young woman having dates, going to dances in lovely romantic dresses, and making new and important friends. There are so many wonderful things to look forward to. Growing up, it's an exciting time. Transgender Childhood by Tina Antolini, inspired by Control of Body and Mind and The Stork Didn't Bring You. You're listening to ReSound from the Third Coast International Audio Festival and Chicago Public Radio. Today we're listening to stories from the Radio Ephemera Public Audio Challenge. We invited anyone and everyone to submit short audio stories inspired by two of five books from the Prelinger Library. I'm talking with Julie Shapiro, the artistic director of the Third Coast Festival. So Rick Prelinger, who's the co-creator of the Prelinger Library, he's really obsessed by ephemeral materials. And so not only has he co-created this library with his wife, Megan, that's dedicated to printed ephemera, he also is a collector of ephemeral films. And actually a lot of sound from those films found its way into these public audio submissions. Right, like Tina's piece, which we just heard, uh, she found her way to the Prelinger Archive online, which is at archive.org, and just pulled audio from old films that had a total connection to the story she wanted to tell um, in the present. You know, in some ways it's kitschy to hear that old stuff, but in other ways it's very revealing about where we've come from and what this country's gone through and uh, what people are still struggling with right now. And hearing those old film clips brought in really a beautiful sonic element to a lot of the stories. And it was just amazing that people found their way there and, and sort of figured out how to use that sound so creatively. Yeah, I think these people also often became the strangers. So when we said voice of a stranger, people turned to the archival materials a lot to um, find their strangers. Right. Labor Paints by Rich Halton from Marietta, Georgia, USA. Inspired by The Big Strike and The Stork Didn't Bring You. Description. Whether it's societal progress or a squiggly 11-pound miracle, getting there isn't always pretty. Stranger. Various. open the strike-paralyzed port of San Francisco fail. Open warfare rages through the streets of the city as 3,000 Union pickets battle 700 police. We are asking for a general strike. Mayor Rossi states the position of his administration. First, that law and order shall prevail. Enlighten your children. 
Where do babies come from anyhow? Teach them the facts of life. Then at puberty, certain glands begin to work and our bodies begin to change. That'll give the organs inside your body room to function better. The better you understand all of these facts. Well, what really happens? Oh, what you want to know about is... ...is a small pear-shaped organ, normally only about half the size of a fist. The bloody labor strike of 1934. The beginning of the present-day labor movement from its conception and... Birth. The blessed event that's the culmination of romance and... Passion to change the working life of thousands, even though the employers tried to stifle the strike in the... Womb, the place where the baby develops during a nine-month period. In less ideal situations, the son of an unwed mother is often called... A communist, hundreds of them saturating poor neighborhoods with leaflets urging them to support... The union of a man and woman when the egg is fertilized by... Seamen, who brought their grievances to the 99-day strike with fiery abandon. But some drives need to be controlled and released in constructive paths, else they can run riot. Which was caused when police fired into the crowd as things got up. As boys mature, they begin to notice changes in the underbelly of the anti-union movement. So, let's recap. <laughs> Labor pains. Labor pains. Labor Pains. Labor Pains by Rich Halton. Inspired by The Big Strike and The Stork Didn't Bring You. You're listening to ReSound from the Third Coast International Audio Festival and Chicago Public Radio. I'm Delaney Hall, filling in for Gwen Maxi. Today we're listening to stories from the Radio Ephemera Public Audio Challenge and talking with the Third Coast Festival's Julie Shapiro. Some of the best submissions to the project are coming right up, so stay with us. So each year, four of the public audio challenge stories are chosen to be short docs, and they're presented at the annual Third Coast Festival conference in October. How do you choose those stories, and what are you looking for? Well, um, the Third Coast Festival staff listens to all the submissions, and it's really clear which stories jump out at you. Uh, we're definitely looking for great use of sound and uh, just successful storytelling. Now, that success can be met on a lot of different levels. So we definitely like personal stories, but we also might go with something very sound-rich. Um, international work is appealing. We want to represent uh, geographically producers from all over the world if we can. And we want to also pay attention to work being made by new producers as well as uh, veterans from the field. Well, let's talk about one of the short docs, Forest to Desert by Sarah Boothroyd, which is amazingly sound rich. When you talk about use of sound, I sort of can't imagine a story that it's does all it sound. better. It's yeah. all sound. Um, my little catchphrase for this is like, it's the history of the world in three minutes with a sense of humor. So um, yeah, Sarah did an amazing job of just translating an entire story and, and having sort of a cultural critique about um, energy issues and climate change all through sound and archival tape that she actually gathered from the Prelinger Archive online. 
Forest to Desert by Sarah Boothroyd from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, inspired by Trees as Good Citizens and Trailer Ahoy. Description, an audio doodle about the phrase, humankind is preceded by forest and followed by desert. Stranger, various contemporary journalists as well as narrators from Give Yourself the Green Light and Destination Earth. Two public domain films available in the Prelinger Archives and the Internet Archive. in the USA. An automotive age, traveling on time-saving superhighways, Futurama's free-flowing channels of concrete and steel. Morning and night, around the clock, the sound of our times. Our love affair with the car threatens our national security and the health of our planet. This information is probably happening. Global warming splitting off of a vast island of extreme weather scientists Forest to Desert by Sarah Boothroyd, inspired by Trees as Good Citizens and Trailer Ahoy. So the next story that was chosen by the Third Coast Festival staff as a short doc in 2008 was Searchers by David P. Earle. I think this one was chosen because literally we all were like busting a gut listening to it. It's not so often that you hear radio that really makes you laugh, but this one got so ridiculous in such a smart way. And technically, honestly, it's a lot of phone tape, and usually we don't gravitate toward that kind of radio because it doesn't sound great on the radio, and we're supposed to be this festival that celebrates, you know, the beauty of sound. But but the idea behind this one was so, he just, it was so brilliant that we, we all responded to it in the same way. And, and I think it was the one piece that might have been on all of our lists, actually. Searchers by David P. Earle, from Los Angeles, California, USA. Inspired by Trailer Ahoy, The Stork Didn't Bring You, and Trees as Good Citizens. Description. Where do lost stories go? Potato pancakes are involved. Strangers. 
the good people of big bookstores everywhere. Oh, aloha. Thank you for calling Board Center. This is Daniel. How can I help you? Hi. I need help finding a book. What book is that? Uh, I don't remember the title, but um, the author's last name is a first name. And the title is about a, it's a tree. Um, I, think it's, I think it's deciduous. Anything else, like what the story is about? Or? There, there's this school teacher that faints because she has this town admirer and he, he, he urinates her initials in the snow. I think, I think Hemingway liked this book. Uh... I, I, I think the tree lost its leaves in the winter. I'm pretty, I, I, I remember that being a big part of it. That doesn't sound familiar at all. Um, it's a really good book. It's I I wish I could. There was a Civil War veteran in it. I he makes he makes a house out of tin cans. I don't know if that's going to help. Well, let me see what's out there. Okay, thank you. Okay, what's the book? Uh, I'm afraid I don't remember the author or title. Okay, it had to do with a a, a boy who that uh, when he jams like pieces of metal into his braces, could pick up radio broadcasts. And at one point, in order to boost the signal, he bites down on a fork. Uh, at one point, I think a chain link fence, maybe even like a trailer hitch or something attached to like a big old aluminum Airstream trailer. And he finds out that uh, there are these um, fat aliens that are planning an invasion of Earth. And uh, their plot for world domination somehow involves potato pancakes. Ring a bell. I mean... Kind of sounds like something familiar, but I can't really put my finger on it, you know? I mean, if you can maybe think of something close to the title, or... No, all I remember is red, happy tooth, fat people, potato pancakes, braces, chain link fence, radio. Yeah, that, that's all I remember. Can we put you on hold real quick, okay? How can I help you? I'm looking for a book. Okay, go for it. Might have had baby in the title. Okay. <laughs> Story of a bunch of young girls who are on a cruise with their family. Okay. The cruise ship is going to go down and they land on an island. There's two sisters and then these three babies and they have to kind of live on hardtack. And um, they meet a man on the island. He's sort of grumpy, but he's, he has something. He's missing a big toe, I think. And at one point, I think they see a stork flying overhead, something like that. Uh, Baby Island by Carol Brink. 12-year-old Mary Wallace and her 10-year-old sister Jean survived the wreck of an ocean liner on its way to Australia and managed to make it to a seemingly deserted island in a lifeboat with four babies. Hmm. That doesn't sound like it. Thank you. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll call my mother and see if she can remember it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Searchers by David P. Earle. Inspired by Trailer Ahoy, The Stork Didn't Bring You, and Trees as Good Citizens. There's actually a great story behind this one, which is that David waited until the absolute last minute to collect tape for this story. So when he had to actually call around to an open bookstore and get some material for the piece, he had to call Hawaii because it was like one of the last time zones that was where the bookstores would still be open. <laughs> Okay, so next we have Is That My Imagination by Megan Vigent. Uh, this story is a quite serious one. So we go from <laughs> the uh, comical one to the one that takes on quite a personal serious story. And I think we were impressed by the way Megan found this material, archival material to use, and also tied um, 
the idea of strike to a very metaphorical sense of, of a, a mind going on strike. So she wasn't she didn't take the books very literally, but she found a symbolic reason to connect the two. It's very sound rich, and the sound is uh, varies from actual sort of sound effects to archival tape, and it's it just it's very powerful. We just all thought uh, that this one was a great example of how in just three minutes you can hear a really serious, powerful story through sound. Is That My Imagination? by Megan Vigent, from Ripton, Vermont, USA. Inspired by Control of Body and Mind and The Big Strike. Description, the story of a mind on strike. Stranger, Mario Savio, activist leader during the Berkeley free speech movement, and Tom Wooten, author of The Bipolar Advantage. There is a lot of things that I could tell you that just sound silly. I remember this one guy kept coming up to me and going, who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? Now, I had never heard that song before. So I just thought, you know, he's warning me, you know, maybe the hounds of hell are gonna come out. It's like, is that real? Or is that my imagination working? Does it really matter if I'm hallucinating right now? When the operation of the machine becomes so odious that you can't take part. I remember standing on a train platform, a tube stop in London, and uh, just being afraid that I was going to get bumped and not be able to prevent myself from falling on the tracks. And then it became a question of whether or not I wanted to fall on the tracks and whether or not I wanted to jump on the tracks before a train. You've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels. Maybe I could just jump. I'd finally be able to sleep. Does it really matter that I'm manic and I haven't slept in a few days? The flight home was very long because by that point I was uh, so confused. I was to the point of believing that I was going to be executed. That's a long flight to think at every moment that you're going to die. To believe it. Not think it, but believe it. Does it really matter if I'm depressed? You know, if it spirals, then it spirals, and right then, that's when you lose control and don't really have the capabilities to stop it. And that's why you go to the hospital, because it's a safe place to be, supposedly. Then you've got to make it stop! I thought I was in hell, literally. Like, uh, they tried to get me to drink Dr. Pepper and the bubbles, the carbonation, were rising up. And for some reason in my brain at that moment, I thought those were gasps of air coming out from people who are suffering. So I refused to drink it. That's what was going on in my head. Or is it because I act that way and it makes everybody nervous? I don't understand everything about how my mind works, but I'm beginning to understand parts of it. Unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. I really want to change the way people perceive mental illness. You know, we're all still people and we all still deserve a chance to be treated equally. Just a little bit of kindness goes a long way. Is That My Imagination? by Megan Vigent. Inspired by Control of Body and Mind and The Big Strike. And the last Radio Ephemera public audio challenge submission that we chose to be a short doc last year uh, was a piece called Scared by John Buen. 
Yeah, Scared was also a favorite amongst all of us. And uh, basically, it's a time-lapse photography treatment for audio where you hear his daughter grow up over 13 years. And it's told very with like a light touch of the narrator and beautiful sound um, and just the right just the right mix of, of sentimental young daughter tape and she's growing up and you really get a sense for what it's like, I think, for a father to watch his daughter grow up, um, also with a sense of humor. So uh, I think it, it succeeds on many levels and, and here it is. Scared by John Bewin from Durham, North Carolina, USA. Inspired by Control of Body and Mind and the Stork Didn't Bring You. Description. A guy muses on the fears associated with a loved one's body. Stranger. Voicemail lady. At first, it's physical, like any great love. Those eyes, those hands, those thighs. Really? What's a kitty cat say? The weight of them on your lap, climbing on your head. Nobody writes pop songs about that touch, that feeling. What are you going to listen about? I'm going to listen to you. But riding around inside that little body, there's this person. Over here? A budding mind. You'll do anything to touch. Here you go. I made this for you. That special coffee. So this small body becomes the source of your biggest fears. The child's flesh is vulnerable. So you are too. I do. But my favorite part about school is going outside. It's paradise. You all look wonderful in our in your outfits, Mrs. said. I can't wait to learn what all of you want to be when you grow up. Can I have some milk? How old are you now, girl? Eight. Hi, Daddy. <laughs> Scared. But you have to let go. Let her go, little by little. Lindsay said that Kayla said something mean about me. She said not to tell Kayla that In I that way, her. too. In that way in which her body was never for you. Next message. Hi, Daddy. It's Harper. Um, we're going to be out, like, on a G-A-O girls after day that um just call me on my cell phone like if anything happens or anything i'll call you whenever i come home okay bye so girl how old are you going to be your next birthday 13 and have you and your mama talked about you know the talk yeah. Do you think you and I should have the talk? No. 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 <laughs> Good. Scared by John B. Wynn. Inspired by Control of Body and Mind and the Stork Didn't Bring You. 
So now that the radio ephemera public audio challenge is done, what happens to all of these stories? Well, they're still online, so you can hear all 72 of them at thirdcoastfestival.org. But what's been really incredible is the afterlife of these stories. Um, We have been playing them at film festivals, so people come in to see films, and before the film starts, they hear a little audio story in the dark. Um, I took them to Ireland for an international radio conference. They've even made their way to other public radio podcasts. So it's really interesting to see how versatile they are. So again, if if people want to hear all 72 submissions to Radio Ephemera, where should they go? Uh, thirdcoastfestival.org. You look for the short docs tab and then you'll see links to the Radio Ephemera project. And while you're there, you can also look at all the beautiful books and uh, browse through them online if you'd like to. That was Julie Shapiro, the artistic director of the Third Coast Festival and the main brain behind the Third Coast Festival's Radio Ephemera Public Audio Challenge. We're going to leave you with one more piece of audio ephemera today. We've started a new occasional series on ReSound, where we feature surprising or beautiful recordings collected by our listeners. Carly Nix, who's currently interning with the Third Coast Festival, brings us this week's surprising sound. Well, in April, I worked on doing a little bit of profiling for the singer-songwriter Neil Morgan, who is someone that I learned about last year. And he does drums and voice And just listening to his music and watching him perform, I thought that it would be really cool to take him to Promontory Park in Hyde Park. And so we went there and I ended up recording him in a tunnel, the tunnel that goes under the the highway to the park. And we were just walking through the tunnel and I recorded him as we were walking through and other people were walking by us and some people bicycled by us and... You can hear some of the water and seagulls and the cars that are passing by overhead. So I just really like it because it feels very experiential and feels like you're right there.
That was musician and singer Neil Morgan in a tunnel near Promontory Point in Hyde Park, Chicago. He was recorded by Carly Nix. If you have a surprising sound to share with us, it could be a sound from your neighborhood or one that you recorded on your travels, send it to us. Convert a couple of minutes to an MP3 and email it to thirdcoastfestival at gmail.com. That's thirdcoastfestival at gmail.com. ReSound is a production of Chicago Public Radio and the Third Coast International Audio Festival. I'm Delaney Hall, filling in for Gwen Maxi. The program is curated by Johanna Zorn and Julie Shapiro of the Third Coast Festival. Carly Nix and Stanzi Vaubel are our trusty interns. And special thanks today to Roman Mars, the former producer of ReSound, for the use of his voice. Inspired by control of body and mind, and the stork didn't bring you. You can hear today's program at thirdcoastfestival.org, where you can also hear hundreds of outstanding documentaries from around the world and subscribe to our podcast. The Third Coast Festival is made possible with lead funding from the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation and sponsorship from Chicago's Navy Pier, American Airlines, and explorechicago.org, the city of Chicago's official tourism website. The festival is produced in partnership with Chicago Public Radio and the Center for Documentary Studies at Duke University. Music for ReSound is provided by Reckless Records in Chicago. If you want to contact us, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at resound at thirdcoastfestival.org. ReSound returns next week with more radio that you can't hear anywhere else unless you live everywhere else. <laughs>